0: Hey everyone, and welcome or welcome back to Take About Podcast. I'm Sydney Lucas,
3: and I'm Eli Tokash.
0: And today we have Elizabeth Teeter on the podcast, and she's been in multiple Broadway shows and has had experience since she was just like ten years old. Um, professional experience, but she but she's had experience before that because her parents oh, were yeah. involved in the arts beforehand. So we're going to talk all about that, all about her different experiences and how. At literally, was it 14 years old, she came to, to New York City and and pretty much did a Broadway show just like by herself, like she was in New York City pretty much by herself.
3: Yeah, so this is the perfect episode for child actors, and she really takes everyone, like all of you, through the journey of what it's like to truly be a child actor as far as all the responsibilities that you kind of feel as a child actor and her being in three Broadway shows. She had perfect explanations for all of the crazy events that child actors face. So we're very excited to dive into that with you guys. And then we'll stay tuned after the interview because we have a little bit of an announcement and a change coming to take about that you won't want to miss.
0: Yeah. So without further ado, Elizabeth Teeter, curtain up Today's guest made her Broadway debut at just 10 years old in Mary Poppins and then went on to be in The Crucible on Broadway, The Audience on Broadway, and The Secret Life of Bees off-Broadway. And she's only 19 years old. She is an actor, a singer, a dancer, a musician, an artist, and she's just bursting with talent. We are so delighted to have her on. Everyone, please welcome Elizabeth Teeter to the podcast.
3: (laughs) yes thank, thank you. you thanks for I coming some, on this is a blast
2: <laughs> thank you for having me i had some technical difficulties on my end so we've we've already introduced each other oh,
3: we've, we've practically gone. recorded a full podcast already
0: <laughs> <laughs> we've, gone, we've gone on an entire adventure we, we went on a house tour yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to know house each other
2: and i promised i would say this again out of, the bottom <laughs> of my heart um their podcast is amazing. I told them this before it cut off. <laughs> what you guys are doing is so incredible, especially just because you know, we're all we're all young. We're young adults, we're teens, and so it's so cool to be like, Yeah, you can start a podcast, you can interview these amazing people.
0: Yeah, yeah. you can do whatever you
2: want. Oh, so not, <laughs> not not saying I'm <laughs> amazing. Um, but some of the guests that you've that you've had are just incredible. And um so you know
0: I applaud you, it's amazing. I think it's safe to say that we're all best friends now.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're and we're so excited that now you're a part of our family at Take a I just fly
0: yeah. to New
2: York and we should have a sleep yeah, sleepover. Oh,
3: <laughs> so what happened was is that we started recording and then about like eight minutes into it, we Sydney <laughs> and I couldn't hear Elizabeth anymore. And... They were so
2: polite. I was in the middle of like they just asked me one of my first questions and I was talking and they were just politely nodding. <laughs>
3: So we were about three questions in. So we're gonna try this all over again. Uh, So bear with us. There's gonna be some giggles. There's gonna be some giggles. We're we're, we're gonna have some fun (laughs) and get back on track.
0: Anyway, so okay.
3: (laughs) Exactly.
0: So let's start from the beginning again. Act two. Act two. Act two. (laughs) When and where did you get your start in the business? So I was seven years
2: old. Um, my, I always preface, I said this last time, my parents are not crazy stage parents. They did not push me into anything, but my, my family are artists. We love the arts. My dad is a professor of musical theater at Webster University. I would practically beg him and force him to act out all the Disney movies with me. I was always just making up stories and would beg him to take me to see shows that he had directed or you know things that he needed to see for work you know five-year-old me wanting to go see Les Mis and not really knowing what was happening but enjoying it and then I begged my parents to let me audition for the Muni theater which people may or may not know but it's a huge outdoor theater in St. Louis and my parents sort of said okay (laughs) if you don't get in you can do summer camp it'll be great but I did I was in um I, I was incredibly lucky my first performance ever was on that huge stage which is crazy i I got to do meet me in st louis if anyone knows that show very sweet fitting for where i live my hometown right right? and then i just kept auditioning
0: yeah kept auditioning
2: and went from there
0: (laughs) i love that your parents are supportive but they're not like you said they're not stage parents they're yeah
2: And there's a difference. It's so
0: important.
3: Absolutely. It's
2: so helpful growing up, having parents that understood the business and were able to help me with those things. It's funny though, when they asked me or people asked me about auditions and, you know, since my dad's a teacher, sometimes he would run things with me, but I'm very much like, I want to do it on my own. Like, no, thank you. So my parents were just basically like, do you need anything? Like, yeah you know like we were there for you and they always told me and this like sticks with me forever is you know as i kept doing more theater they were like if you wake up tomorrow and don't want to do it anymore that's completely fine. Oh wow. they never forced me so many kid auditions i feel like you guys probably know yeah. you see parents sometimes dragging their kids around and you know you're, you would just wonder if the kid really wants to do it and right. i really want to do it and they never forced me to so
0: I love that. Love you, mom
2: and dad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> My mom's we're cooking, so maybe she can hear me, but. Yeah, they like nurtured your passion.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. And it's cool too, cause we're similar in a way. Well, first of all, our initials are both ET. Um, second of all, <laughs> we're both not from New York and our families kind of like just dropped everything to, in yeah. order to move to New York and to order yeah. to make this all happen, whatever also, came our way.
0: You also came to New York at similar ages. Yeah, when at, yeah, I was around ten years old. Mm-hmm. So
2: I actually have three other siblings. So I have a twin brother.
3: Oh my gosh!
2: Fifteen-year-old sister and an eleven-year-old sister. So we're a big house. There's six of us. And I, I feel like I'm talking about my parents so much, but I love, I love them. They're incredible, yeah. and they're very, um, very big on you know everyone is equally important. Everyone's interest is equally important. But when I when I got Mary Poppins when I was around ten, my whole family basically packed up. We went to New York. My dad stayed home to for work and we consider that one of the best years in our family's life just because it was so much fun mm-hmm. coming from a smaller town to someplace like new york we were just like oh my gosh the culture and we were we were all homeschooled praise oh. to my mom oh. homeschooled us for the year so we had the natural history museum as our backyard yeah um, we would go take classes there. There was a cool homeschool community. So for the whole year was just like incredible. There's a homeschool community? Yeah. So in New York, there's actually a great homeschool community. It's a lot of kids that are not in school because they have other passions or they're trying to follow, you know, they're crazy smart or they love the arts or whatever. And so every Wednesday, they would have a big recess so all the homeschool kids would get Whoa. together at one at the playground Whoa. and we'd have like five hours straight just like recess like a bunch of kids running around and playing so That's and funny. there were obviously like some homeschool classes and stuff my mom mostly sort of covered it which is just incredible but <laughs> I don't
0: know. I love seeing videos of, of you and your dad, specifically, I saw one recently of you and your dad going, doing this, d- doing this I think it was, yeah, 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 on Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh,
2: that is so yeah, cool. Um, so <laughs> like i acting together. My dad loves to tap. He's an amazing tapper. He he did um, the role of Don Lockwood in Singing in the Rain so many times. Um, wow. I Sally didn't get to see it, but um, I was not alive. <laughs> 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 we um, an excuse then but that's his tapping is his love and I I like to tap ballet sort of always been like more my thing and so whenever I would ask my dad to tap he'd be like yes come tap with me So over winter break since you know we've been stuck at home doing whatever I, I went up to him and I said I really want to learn this entire number to Moses poses because he's known it forever um the original choreography from the movie and so I I asked him to teach it to me and it was just such a fun memory we we you know just practiced together and recorded so had so many mess ups but it was just it's so fun to have that on video to, i'm so lucky to be able to like look back and say i got to do this with my dad and yeah. so it was just super fun and so special. you know i had a lot of friends reach out and say that they just br- brought them joy to see <laughs> see us having you know goofing off
3: yeah
0: honestly truly it it did it's so special
3: it's yeah. definitely one thing that like quarantine has done like the one good Thing that covid's done is yes, it's just like continued to bring people together that just love creating yeah. and love the arts and it's
2: like forced you to like you know do create but in other ways absolutely because um, we don't have a stage and and i feel like it's a really testament to um how we as artists need to continue to create you know we need to connect with each other and um, no matter what that is or how that is, just because we don't have the a, a, a setting of a stage um, doesn't mean that our art has to stop necessarily. But yeah, yeah, truly, I do feel grateful. I mean, obviously this has been a horrible time and I'm so lucky for where I am right now in terms of that I'm able to stay with my family. Yeah. I obviously work in theater, but I'm, I feel like we're all at an age right now where um, we're not dependent, dependent on it for right. a job. Yeah, it is a job, but we're not at an age where oh my gosh, I need to pay my bills. I'm yeah. reaching that, but I'm still able to stay at home. So I just feel so lucky that I I'm safe at home with my family. Um, I have a lot, I'm sure you guys have a lot of friends too that you know that are just you know struggling right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, allowed me to um, explore other things. Like I've been writing music. I've been trying to write music and and like you know try other things. There are good things to come out of it. You know, when Absolutely. are you dropping the album? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I actually think I might. I think oh, I'm making no Like actually, yeah. I don't know when. I don't know how many songs, but um, I just over quarantine over the summer. I started writing, and um, I said, you know, why not? <laughs> why not? Have no, pre- like I don't want to put any pressure on it. It's not like I'm trying to sure break into the music industry.
0: Yeah, it's creative expression.
2: Yeah, it's just for fun. And I said, you know, I had some friends that were like, I really want to listen to this if you if you release it. So um. Who knows if that's going
0: to happen. but uh, just, just so people um, can can keep up with if if you do end up um, oh, yeah. releasing an album. What, <laughs> is your, what is your Instagram so people can go and uh, yes. call you?
2: It's Elizabeth Teeter. My name Elizabeth Teeter Official. Um, Elizabeth. And I post clips of songs sometimes on there. Hopefully, I'll, I don't know. We'll see if something comes out of it.
3: What kind of music okay. do you like to write?
2: That is a great question. <laughs> Um, I honestly kind of don't know the, I don't know the genre and I've talked to people and they're like, it's kind of all over the place. I just love a lot of instrumentation. So I love mm. like strings, orchestrations. Um, it's kind of folky, kind of, um, along those lines, nothing super pop-like. Yeah. I'm still figuring out how to use like logic and mixing and garage band and all those things, but, um, it's just been fun
0: to do. So who knows, but, uh, it's been a fun pastime. Awesome. hey who knows if you're the if you're the next biggest like, music <laughs> star we're gonna be like we had oh it <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: i have to i have to bring up before anything else sydney our paths have crossed so many random times so <laughs> many times one of them which we're gonna talk later on yes being the we we both like did were in the it's in the same tony season yes i was gonna about to say i met you for the first time on, on, the the red, carpet. on the red carpet
2: exactly <laughs> you have your little stuffed animal with you i thought it was you so cool with me.
0: yes oh my gosh your little good luck charm oh my gosh um also
2: I, I saw um i'm pretty sure i saw your second preview of fun home
0: second preview wow like, that so was early really on. early on that was that's honestly the second the previews we changed so much during the previews oh yeah um, yeah i can only imagine
2: but I was blown away. I think I was like third row or something crazy. We had third amazing people. Wow. And I know, I just have to gush about you for a second. You yeah. we were incredible. It was just oh, such a beautiful it show. A beautiful show. Yeah. And then we, it's just, we'll probably get into it more later, but we've had somebody like, I met you there. Then um, you did the workshop of See Your Life of Bees. Like, and we were, so we worked with the same director and then we yes, did a reading together. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. That's right. And then we did this this reading with- Rachel Brosnahan. Like Rachel Brosnahan and Constance Wu. Mm-hmm. And when we saw Billie Eilish on the street. No. Yes. Yes, we Remember did. that? <laughs> yes, we saw like a flash of her green hair. Exactly. That's so funny. Oh, and, my God. And like, I,
2: we went to Schnipper. I had to leave, but like everyone went to Schnippers or something. I- That was- crazy
0: <laughs> I remember being so excited seeing you and Sadie on the Tony Awards red carpet it's kind of intimidating being a, being a kid there yeah. there all these people towering over you and <laughs> Yeah. the only kids I were in, in sight were you, Sadie Sink and Ian Armitage.
2: We all like ran over and were like, "Hello." I'm like, hi. Um, guys. I oh a, my
0: gosh, a story about
2: that. That wasn't supposed to happen. Like we weren't supposed to be there on the carpet at all. Oh my gosh, I
0: can't wait to talk about this.
3: So, you made your Broadway debut in Mary Poppins. Yes. So, before our episode cut out last time um we were talking about right
2: where we were back yeah
3: yeah, (laughs) we were talking about the audition process for Mary Poppins uh Mm -hmm. so what was that audition process like and what was it like to finally have your Broadway debut
2: yeah so um this was sort of where my story cut out um last time we were typing we got right up to this point but um it's kind of a quick, crazy process. Um, I, I got an agent pretty recently in New York, and um, uh, it was one audition. That's it. Um, I was very lucky that it was just one audition for me. So there are three Janes and three Michaels, um, since every, the kids are so young. Um, and it's a big part. We're on stage a lot of the time. And, you know, the boys are like eight or nine, and the girls are, you know, 10. It's very, you know, really young. I was I was called in with this huge group of kids. I don't know how many, but... Uh, we were just we were talking about earlier how they directors really want to see if kid actors can take direction because you know they have to remember where to go they have to you know remember their lines especially being put into a show that's already like a machine that's running you know they don't want anyone to mess that up um so we, we basically played a lot of games we played um red light green light but it was um instead of green light being go, you had to stop, like, reversed things just to see how we, you know, processed it all, or I remember there was one where, um, I, we had to sit with a partner and look at them, turn around, and then, like, look back and have, they change something and you had to, like, observe Uh, it, or I don't know. mm -hmm. Um, Really unusual for, like, the typical audition process um, that you would see, and then, you know, we sang in front of all the kids, which, um, you know, it was kind of nerve-wracking, but yeah. Sing a little cut of a song and dance sort of a bit and did one scene. And, and that was it. And I remember I was back home and my class, my like fifth grade or fourth grade class, I guess, I, I guess I was in fourth grade, which is crazy. Um, they were going to the baseball game. My, my choir was going to the baseball game to sing like the, you know, national anthem or something. And like right before, you know, I get the call that I got it. And I was just like, I'm not, I I'm sorry to the baseball fans out there. I'm not the hugest baseball fan. So I, <laughs> And I stayed home with my mom and we, you know, we got ice cream and celebrated, but it oh. was just bizarre and crazy. Uh-huh. And then, you know, it was the best year that I could have asked for. And the funny thing is, um, kind of going back to my parents being involved somewhat in the business is um, Megan Osterhaus who played Mrs. Banks at the time, who played my mom. So my dad's mentor in college, his daughter was Megan Osterhaus. So she was about three years old and knew my dad. So when, whenever he was, you know, however old she was running around when he was being coached at like three and then it came full circle and she played my mom so like that was so so cool cool. and then one of the understudies for Bert was um Jesse Swim who was like my mom's little brother in college so like we are like my family already knew a lot of the cast members in a way and everyone was just really excited to sort of like have us have the family be a part of the Mary Poppins family
0: it was a little bit so everywhere. right away, it
2: was like my parents were like, "We have like little aunts and uncles, you know, like taking care <laughs> of her." <laughs> it was just kind of a fate moment of like, "This is happening," and all these people are just coming back into our lives through the show. Yeah, um, which was super special.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.
3: Paths have crossed the way that we. So when Mary Poppins were doing auditions, they auditioned both for the tour and Broadway at the same time.
2: Yeah, well, I remember. It was like, do you want tour or Broadway? Like you would like write down.
3: Yeah, and so they were doing. So there was like even more kids because of that because they had to cast more mm-hmm. kids. And I I don't know if it was the same year, but I experienced the Mary Poppins audition because I did oh the God. tour.
2: Wait, wait, you did the tour, of Mary Poppins?
3: Yeah, and oh I God. and I know I you. Know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's because, like, oh Juliana God. Rigoloso and Maddie Malahi, and they all, like, oh they would always talk about you. So then, like, Sydney <laughs> said, like, Elizabeth Teeter's that's coming crazy. on the podcast. And I was like, oh, I feel yeah. I so bad that
2: I didn't know that about you. I should have known. Um, it's all good. Incredible. It's a really – special isn't it like a it's a very special show it holds like a very special part in my heart (laughs) absolutely
3: and it's just interesting because like you're totally right in everything that you said like it's a completely different audition and at the time like you don't think about stuff like that because you're just like a kid and like you're like oh yay games great and yeah right and like then looking back on it like it makes total sense like it's so interesting to see the different ways that creative teams come together to yeah. to create this audition that they can really get a sense of who may fit the role best and may fit the show best and it's yeah. cool cuz like that's why it's so hard too to like ask how do you audition like how do you do this and like it's so it's hard to answer that because it's just always different
2: it's always different i know it's like it's changed so much obviously as i've gotten older like my auditions now are completely different right <laughs> James is still such like a, a vivid memory and um such a smart audition process, honestly, for that show. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Um that you need the kids to be on their toes, especially with just you know the amount of stuff going on in that show Like you don't want anyone to get hurt You don't want yes. anyone to get messed up And they were replacing all three pairs of kids So they had to find you know You know, I was with someone blonde They needed to find you know someone shorter than me and blonde And like the other two pairs had to look alike So I can only imagine how it just everything had to fit together And we were the cl- I got to do the closing show Um, We were the closing company Oh wow so Very final performance
3: Wasn't Aiden in your cast? Yes Yeah so Aiden I mean, did Finding Neverland with me
2: Jim, oh oh right? Yeah. I love
3: Aiden's the yeah, best
2: we had the best time together and we only got to perform like um the show together about like four times um, oh. because we didn't look too much alike we got really lucky and uh were placed together for the final performance that was super special because we were really close and then yeah. we got to do it again that summer at the Muni the Muni rehearses for 11 days it's 11 days of rehearsal that's it and then they put up a show for a week and so wow. it was honestly pretty smart and lucky because as you know, Jane and Michael have a lot to learn. So imagining teaching kids that in 11 days is just crazy. And, you know, the show closed, I think in March and the, sh- the one at the Muni was that fall following- that summer. So we like remembered our lines. We remembered the music. Um, we knew everything except obviously the blocking was changed. It was just kind of lucky and smart for them to, you know, have kids that already knew the part, basically.
3: So after the show closed, did you move back to St. Louis right away?
2: Yeah, I think my dad was doing a show somewhere, possibly. So we we drove, we, like, road tripped and sort of made, like, a fun vacation out of it just yeah. so we weren't suddenly, like, flying back home. And it was just this, you know, like, when shows close, it's very just, like, sad. sort of jarring the first yeah. sad, the first couple days. Um, I remember I was so sad just because, it, you know, I never, I didn't want it to end. I did feel lucky to close the show because it was just, you know, the magic was crazy. All the 40 Janes and Michaels from, you know, over the years. I never had to have that conversation of, you know, you're a little too old, you're a little too tall, you know, or whatever. I mean, I'm still pretty short, but, (laughs) you know, it was sort of just a nice, you know, It was not expected. The show was was doing really well, so it sort of came as a shock to everyone. It was a super special uh, night to be a part of.
0: Speaking of there being a lot going on in the show, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of tech, technical stuff Mm -hmm. in the show and blocking. Did anything ever go wrong? Were there any stage mishaps? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Too Um, many to remember. (laughs) I can't remember
2: exactly because it was like so... Long ago. I think I got pretty lucky in terms of like nothing terrible happening. Good. I know I'd heard stories of like, you know, the nursery when it flies down, like not happening or, you know, things like that. My mm-hmm. shoe fell off at one point. But that was <laughs> a lot more dramatic in my 10 year old head right. than it actually was. You know, obviously it was like my shoe came off. I got it two seconds later. It was fine. but <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was dramatic at the time. I know there definitely been some mishaps in other shows, but I can't actually specifically remember. Do you? Do you have any
0: mishap stories in other shows? We love mishap stories. Oh here. gosh, mishap! <laughs> I love mishap stories. <laughs> well,
2: for the Crucible,
0: the one that I remember the most—if
2: you know people know the, the story of the Crucible—it's very dark about the Salem witch trials, and I played um, Betty Paris. So I basically um, am possessed for a lot of the shows i like scream and do all these things in the end of act one i get up on my table my character and abigail williams start like staring at um something in the audience and shouting like i saw so and so with the devil i saw so and so with the devil and like the curtain comes down and we're shouting these people's names so it's very like creepy or whatever and one night the curtain like the scrim wasn't coming down And so we're just staring out there. Obviously we run out of names that are like in the script. We had like, you know, four or five names. And then we said all of them and just, you know, we're standing there. And everyone on stage sort of just started like to leave. But the music was still like, it went into this new part of underscoring that I'd never heard before. And I was just like, what's happening? And all of a sudden I look and I'm the only one on
1: stage.
2: (laughs) Everyone else had dipped. And so I was like, how do I, and I was supposed to be like, you know, Possessed and sort of twitching and doing all this creepy stuff, and so I was like, I can't just walk off stage. So I like got down off the bed and like, like twitched way back to the chalkboard and started doing this like old choreography they had told me to do, and then I just like rolled off stage like I put <laughs> like a and just left.
3: And, like, yes. that's
2: not, it, it was, it was honestly not a terrible mishap, but I just, like, the feeling of having, you know, a company of, like, 16 people on stage, and then all of a sudden being like, there's literally no one on stage <laughs> What did everyone know? I need yep. to go. <laughs> you played that all well.
3: Yeah, we love I know, I, made a,
2: I made a, I was like, I, I just imagined if I was, you know, doing this creepy stuff, and then just dropped my arms and, you know, left. <laughs> um, and my character was supposed to actually, like, the scrim would come down and it would come up, and my character was supposed to, like, fly for a second. It ended up being, like, my understudy, like, a double because it was too fast. And I was actually very thankful. I got to fly, like, once in tech, and then it, it was cut for me. <sighs> and I was actually grateful, though, because I would have to lay in the harness for, like, all of Act 1 on this table.
3: Uncomfortably
2: yeah. And doing all this Possession stuff In a harness And so I was I was like You know what I yeah. flew a couple times It was fun Um, So we were afraid That when the scrim Didn't come down That Allegra My understudy Would just be like You know In the air Hanging there I don't think that happened I think they stopped her in time you
0: good. Know? We love a good miss <laughs> <laughs> Like been there Done that Fly already flew
2: Fly already flew Obviously <laughs> it was fun Just the harness Is pretty uncomfortable You probably know From Finding Never Do you guys Do you guys fly In Finding nev-
3: no, no, we were. I
2: remember I saw it. You like you get like thrown in the air. Or yeah, something.
3: we get like yeah. lifted. It was, lifted. Yeah, lifted. it was like yeah, it was like imaginary <laughs> flying.
0: Yeah. My, my brother had to fly in Peter Pan Live, and he oh, yeah. was like, is so uncomfortable <laughs> with me. I remember visiting him on their set one day and just walking up to him being like, you get to fly, and him he's just like, standing Yay. there in pain because he's been in the <laughs> hardest for hours. It's just like, pinching, and oh yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I have to, to get out of this. <laughs> I it's like, really
2: no, not that glorious. Like, I guess I've flown three times if the crucible counts. I flew in the Wizard of Oz in a production and then yeah. um, I did Jerome Robbins Broadway at the Muni, which is like I had a little Peter Pan section. So we were hoisted, you know, super high in the air. So not anything too painfully long. It's definitely fun. You know, everyone wants to do it. You, it's super fun, but it definitely
3: is uncomfortable
2: yeah. <laughs> for the moment, I'm sure. It's, it's great in the moment. Hours well, towards, <laughs> <it's
0: not great. laughs> You can get really old.
3: Yeah. I have to ask, so you've done a couple shows uh, where you've had to to talk in a British accent. So your first one is obviously Mary Poppins. Is that something you knew before doing Mary Poppins or did you learn it from there and then kind of just like used what you learned?
2: I learned it from there, but I've always really loved dialect. Like dialect is something I've really been interested in. I feel like some people have an ear and are drawn to it and I've always just loved it. And so uh, Mary Poppins, they, they were kind of, less specific it was sort of a generic british accent for the audience um which is based on queen elizabeth the second was very specific Mm -hmm. we since we were playing sadie and i were playing the young queen we had to have like intense dialect sessions we would listen to recordings and and the accent was completely different than um mary poppins because it's like bbc british so it's like very clipped up here you know Mm -hmm. um super specific but i thought i thought it was so cool I guess yeah, I learned two different dialects for that, but it's nice now because I feel like I feel like really comfortable in British. So I feel like I'm comfortable comfortable enough to say like in auditions and things that I can do a British accent. Right, but you know nobody speaks really in BBC British accents anymore. You know it's definitely a type. I loved it. I thought it was, you know, super great. And and Helen Murin, who was playing the queen, was just so helpful and sort of would, you know, come up to us and, and help did, us. Wait,
0: does she speak in that specific accent? No, she has
2: she has a different British accent. Um, It's definitely more laid back. It's not as crazy. But the amazing thing about her in that show was she was spanning all of the different ages of the queen. So she went from like 20 years old to 70. Wow. And in different orders too. It wasn't like chronological. So she would, you know, be changed on stage and all of a sudden jump up and be this 20-year-old young woman. And she just embodied that. You know, you wouldn't even know her age in real life because she's just so fantastic. And so our part would be, you know, sort of to come on. She would have an audience for the prime minister. That would be like a scene. And then young Elizabeth would come on and sort of have flashback dialogue with her about what she was going through. And so the fact that not only that I got to be in the show, but like all of my scenes were with her is just looking back going oh my gosh I and- got to do that and you know you know at 13 I didn't even realize you know when I first got cast I knew she was you know this incredible actress you know you you just you never realize I feel like you realize when you're in it but you really realize afterwards what a gift it was i'm sure you have the same thing with your shows i mean i'm sure sydney you know the fact that you were in fun home the fact that you were
0: nominated so young like all of this stuff i bet it's still just like that's crazy <laughs> it's Pretty surreal. Speaking of Helen Mirren, was there anything that you learned from her, whether it be advice that she gave you or stuff that you just learned just from working alongside her?
2: Yeah, she is one of those celebrities that is even better in person than you would think. I've been super lucky to work with some really awesome people and learn what is the right way to be like a good company member. What is the right way to lead a show? And not just talent wise and on stage, but off stage. Like that's the biggest thing. Her grace, the first day of rehearsal right away comes up to Sadie and I introduces herself is so completely sweet. I mean, just so down to earth. Like she would host, she hosted like a barbecue or something like a potluck. And the thing, the the moments that stick with me the most are um, opening night Sadie and I both got to bow since only one of us got to perform and basically the the entire ensemble cast comes in bows we part ways and Helen comes down and takes her bow as she should she's you know the lead of the show opening night she grabs both of our hands and takes us down to bow with her oh, on her goodness. solo bow which of course we didn't like need like you know mm-hmm. we're all part of the show but it was just her love of wanting to share that moment with us yes, and throughout the show she would you know call us and uh after a scene and be like let's like try this this way or you know because we had, we we tried to mimic her physicality and things like that um mm-hmm. as playing versions and she was always right. you know trying to do things and I remember one night I have the speech that I gave the character gave about like addressing the nation or whatever and it was sort of my mm-hmm. longest like monologue speech or whatever it was when Helen was having a quick change and I remember being nervous that it was like too fast or too slow. Like, you know, you want to get the pacing right. So she's not stressed. And she came up to me after a show and um, she said about like your, your monologue or scene. And I was like, I'm so, so I really, I was like, I'm so sorry. Do you need me to like change like the speed? And she was just so down to earth. I was like, I was really listening. I really listen every night. And just the way you think about your words is so beautiful. And she she's literally quick changing it's her only break but the fact that she is listening to the other company members Mm -hmm. and admiring what we do is just wow incredible and you know obviously she's she's older now like she's 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 older but she's doing such incredible work still and um you know, she'd be in her little bathrobe with like, she'd have like a wine glass of milk, you know, whatever, in her slippers and then be
0: on the red carpet. A wine glass of milk? Yeah, I remember she's carrying a wine glass of milk. Oh, I
2: time.
3: love so it. Like, oh, Ellen. Oh,
0: Ellen. Hey, Helen, oh, Marin.
3: She can do whatever do she, what wants.
2: she wants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she can do whatever she wants, whatever she wants. But to get to the story that we mentioned earlier about when I met Sydney. Yes. Sidney, yes. We waiting I'm for, oh, the my suspense god. suspense is real. <laughs> this suspense is real. So, there were only a certain amount of you know tickets that were going for the Tony Awards that season, and right. that they offered the cast. and Sadie and I were lucky to to get two tickets, and we were you know we were wow. so excited. We got dressed up. We went so excited to see you do your things. And <laughs> we, were, we were sitting in the balcony, and I get a call from our company manager, and I was like, "What?" You know, this is before anything had happened. This is when you know we got there pretty early, just to, you know, be in our seats. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Are you guys here?" And we, I said, "Yeah." She goes, "Helen's looking for you," and we went isn't she out like doing and she goes yeah she's on the carpet looking for you right now so you know of course we're like what is going on we're you know 13 like whatever so Sadie and I like grab each other's arms and little 13 year olds like run down to the corner of the street and you know it's like crazy it's the street is blocked off there's a crowd there's the big tent Mm -hmm. it's crazy it's so so overwhelming overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) I bet I can't even imagine like well you're you know you're the youngest one on there
0: No, it's just there are so many people. It's I don't think I've ever been around that many people. Or yeah, I can only imagine crazy
2: movie premieres with like A list celebrities. Like I can only imagine how stressful that is. If you can imagine these two little thirteen year olds going up to the security guard and going, Helen Mirren is asking for us. (laughs) He's like, like, um, no. I was like, we're in the show, and he goes no, like, I'm sorry, like, we, how ridiculous does that right. <laughs> How ridiculous? These I two kids just asking, like, we're meant to be on there right now. <laughs> you know, he's in the corner of the street. And all of a sudden, like, this figure in her beautiful white dress, Helen comes out of the tent, and people are screaming, you know, chanting her name, like, on whatever, you know, outside of Radio City. She comes and walks off the whole section, like, the, the carpeted section. She comes Literally on the corner of the street in her full dress, up to the security guard and like near the crowd, just in the crowd basically. She comes up, she goes, Oh, you know, hello, like these girls are with me. The security guard's like, Um, like, ma'am, I'm sorry, but like, I really can't let anyone back. Like, I can't let. She's like, No, 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 they're with the. Please. And she was like, I understand. You're doing your job. You're incredible. Like, this is what you're supposed to do, but please, like, they're with me. Oh and, you know, God. obviously, how can you say no after she, she literally was, you know, bartering with this security guard and, you know, you're doing great. Like, this is what you're supposed to do, but I swear they're with me. And so all of a sudden, she just takes our hands and is like, come on, let's go.
3: Oh, my gosh.
2: And she literally said, you know, I want this to be an experience for you, too, because it's important. Oh, like, my gosh. You know, she did not have to do that. I always say she did not have to do that. So she brought us into the carpet to, you know, walk down and take pictures with her. <laughs> um you know spinning us around and that's when we went up when i met
0: sydney mm-hmm. i was
2: like i have to go up and say hi because i was so in, excited in. to
0: see you guys there i i totally oh. was not expecting anything like that but but truly like seeing seeing i i don't know we're if children you, I, I don't <laughs> know if you were the same way but like seeing another child there who was oh, like yeah, around absolutely. the same age i was like oh my gosh hey what oh, gosh. And i mean
2: i was still sort of like just in awe of you because i was like you are you know incredible like you're nominated you're how old were you i can't even you were, you were little. Yeah.
0: No, I was like, eleven.
2: Eleven? Okay. But still, like that's crazy. And so it was really brief, but I went up to her and you know, we were like saying good luck and she had her little good luck charm, like her uh, stuffed animal. Oh yeah, bongo. Yeah. Bongo. bongo, yes. Bongo, yeah. Yes, and you look so cute. And and we just sort of, you know, all three of us sort of like pow out and we're like looking back, I'm like, that's crazy. Like these three little girls just, you know, on this on this carpet but that's just oh, oh no. there he is, there he is.
0: <laughs> that's so okay he you, have you always had him yeah, um he, even- I, he was um he was a gift from my grandfather and Aww. I really wanted my grandfather to my grandma was able to be there my grandfather passed Aww. unfortunately before oh, before um Fun Home came to Broadway but he was able to see mm-hmm. the lab and the off-Broadway and all okay. that stuff that's great. But I really wanted him to be there for the Tony Awards, That's and so, so Bongo sweet. is like the the physical representation of him. And so oh I got to, he was you know, you know um Flat Stanley. Yeah. yeah. I think he's pretty much my Flat Stanley. Like I was literally going around oh taking gosh. pictures. I was putting him in random places backstage in Radio City. I'm taking pictures with Vanessa Brown, and I I would, pick, I would like put him on random celebrities and just take photos with them. But yeah, and I, I I remember multiple people telling me to not have him during the red carpet, but I'm like, you're like no. I'm, I'm taking him. Like I'm so
2: glad you did so special. You have to continue that. Whatever next pro like, whatever next big thing you do, like you gotta, you gotta keep him.
0: You gotta I, keep him on the
2: carpet. I will always keep him. And I'll take him. Keep everywhere. him, take him everywhere. I just remember that so distinctly that I was like, because I like have special, like, you know, stuffed animals when I was younger yeah. that like mean a lot to me. And I was like, I just think it's so sweet. Um, and obviously now knowing the what he represents is so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the story I tell when they, when people ask me about Helen and this is sort of a long story, but there aren't enough words or stories to tell, to like show how much um, she inspired me and meant to me because you can be incredibly talented. And, um, but I feel like real success is like what happens behind the scenes, real um, grace, the way she treated everyone. Um just as equal from every crew member to every cast member and she's you know that i feel like that's what matters
3: um absolutely
2: be nice beautiful kind people just a beautiful person like a a wonderful a wonderful person i mean every way too yeah i mean it's very similar to like um i didn't know her personally but with rebecca Luker, who just you know passed and everyone's talking about her talent and her beautiful voice but they are equally if not more talking about what a kind spirit she was and seriously joy she brought and I feel like that is that's what you want to be you know you want to be a person that people like enjoy being around and that especially at her level Helen's level of fame is just crazy you know making everyone else feel just as important just you know yeah that's my Helen Mirren rant
3: so speaking of actually like fangirling which is like <laughs> we we have to fangirl about someone else really quick okay so so you you were in arthur miller's the crucible which is first of all just like absolutely insane yeah and we actually had beanie feldstein on the podcast and yes. we, we fangirled with yes. her about yes. Sersha ronan yes. um so we'll get into saoirse a little bit later but like what was it like doing one of the most famous playwrights work on broadway and just like yeah. a tragedy like you said like you were possessed every night like how yeah. hard is that like to do that eight <laughs> shows a week?
2: Well, it was my first time doing eight shows a week because I'd went oh. to oh, and I was living basically alone. So I was 14. Oh I stayed with a host family because so basically everyone went out for Mary Poppins then just my mom came out from the audience and my, my family would like come during the summer hmm. and you know the third one my mom was like, girl, we can't do we can't keep up yeah. alone. <laughs> So through a friend um, we found this amazing family that had this incredible apartment on the Upper West Side. They had a lot of money because the, the dad worked in, in like, you know, Olympic coaching or something crazy. The kindest people, they let me stay in this gorgeous apartment for free. They I had my own room, my, oh my own gosh. bathroom, just like another moment where it was like everything just aligned. And I'm so lucky that, that had, they became sort of like my New York family. They yeah. had a couple of kids that I became like the little older sister, but it was sort of like living alone because our paths just like went in completely different ways you know like I slept in from the show and the kids were already up and at school and they were at work so I basically was by myself a lot at 14 it was crazy because it's like I learned as much in the show as I did off because all of a sudden I was going everywhere by myself I was getting food by myself I was doing my laundry by myself and it was like you know at 14 and that's kind of crazy and just like navigating my way around New York. And, wow. you know, I yeah. will never forget when my mom dropped me off and, you know, we said goodbye and I walked into this empty, huge apartment and I was like, oh, wow, I'm by myself. <laughs> this is never, you know, it's funny when a lot of people, like I'm a freshman in college and a lot of people are experiencing that for the first time going to college. But I already feel like I've sort of experienced that in a way because I was so young and just had to do my laundry, figure wow. it out, learn from yeah, You're like, all right, I've already done that. I've already been there, done that. Yeah. That's like what I That's remember. That alone, delete. I've lived by myself. <laughs> Way ahead of y'all. <laughs> I feel bad saying completely by myself because obviously I was with this host family. But um, they would leave on weekends mm. to go to a different place. I'd get friends to come over because I I just did I didn't want to be completely alone in that you know big place. Right. It was definitely a lot of learning. But back to the show, it was crazy because the first day we came in, and uh, Evo Van Hove, the director, is very sort of out there director. Um, yeah. We didn't know what to expect until we sat down. And he showed us his vision and, you know, we we're like, oh, we're in school uniforms. We're not in classic pilgrim costumes. We're in this big open set. It's a very different idea. We were like, this is interesting. We didn't know, you know, I had no clue if it was going to be traditional or not. Obviously, we had seen like a view from the bridge, which he had done, or i had seen that. So I said, I don't think this is going to be traditional. I remember being surprised because I had a small part. I only had a few lines. Um but I was on stage a lot because I was basically, I, I was passed out on this table and then I'd get up and scream and do all this stuff. I don't know how I didn't kill my voice. Yeah, I had to scream crazy, but my favorite part of the show, it sounds funny saying favorite cause it's such a dark show. <laughs> <laughs> like my favorite part was getting possessed. <laughs> like the third act is like all five of us girls come in and in the courtroom scene and um all mayhem breaks loose when all the girls are sort of mixing lies and truth and you don't really know who's telling the truth Saoirse Ronan or Abigail Williams character is like being interrogated and all this stuff and she sort of starts this like huge wave of like lies and all the girls get in on it and they basically Stephen Hoggett who he was involved in um, Cursed Child I think with all the Harry Potter magic stuff he came in and worked with us and basically choreographed this whole dance like possession sequence. So it was like this storm happened, there was wind blowing, music going, and all of a sudden it would be like, you know, we're down on one knee and then we're up and then we're running and then we're on the windowsill and then we're back. Wow. And we have like a whole session with him where he would he would come up to us and not in like a painful way, but you know when like someone knocks you in the back into the knee and you just like fall over? Oh yeah. You Eli
0: does like, that, that all the time. Oh my God. Every single <laughs> that? time. Even, I do. Every, Eli you do? That, every <laughs> single time we hang out together. I have to watch behind my back. <laughs> I have to walk behind him. He just doesn't. I feel like we're all meant to hang out. I feel like these
2: random connections I know. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so, so you obviously know. Eli's like, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I either do that or I kick the bottom of like like when you take a step.
0: Table.
3: Yeah. No, it's
0: the most annoying <laughs> thing. So tip, if you ever hang out with Eli in person, watch, behind your him. watch your back. Watch your back walk behind him. That's so funny. (laughs) But
2: he would come up to us and do that. And, you know, we'd sort of like fall over and he's like, that's how that's supposed to feel. Like in for certain moves is like your body is Mm -hmm. like something's happening to you and you can't control it. And so we'd like do these exercises with our finger, like moving around the room. And there were a lot of mishaps with that sequence because it was just craziness everywhere. I was just a bit scraped up all the time
1: (laughs) because we we were
2: running around the amount of times we had to like we had to get up on this windowsill at one point and then launch backwards and like run backwards. Wow. And then at of times I just, yeah like, oh, squid. No. And I was completely fine, but um, it was funny. The guy that played my dad, Jason Butler-Harner would just clearly be laughing and it's not supposed to be <laughs> laughing, but there's so much going on. No one could tell. And he'd be right next to me and be like, huh? are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know how things go, <laughs> but uh, that was probably my favorite and coolest part. Cause I love, Dancing, I love movement. I love yeah. weird things. Anytime we can do stage combat or something physical, I'm like, yes, let's go. Yeah. So that was that was definitely a trip, and I didn't even know I was in that scene. I remember we did the first reading, and I was like, oh, I'm in this. I'm in oh. more than this scene. So that was sort of a, an exciting surprise. <laughs> right. It was very physical. Yeah. 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 Super physical.
3: Very detailed too. it's yeah. it, it, I don't know, like just being like 14 doing a show to this like extreme and just like being on your own like holy cow what a time in your life like
2: it was crazy and I mean everyone was sort of ready for the show to be it was a limited run but everyone is a bit ready for it to be done in July it was like you know seven months just because um it's just a heavy show you know hours long Ben Wishaw, who played John Proctor is another person I could go on about I won't spend that time going on about him you know he's playing this terribly dark role that's so draining and just the sweetest person you know always lively um another crazy oh I don't even know how I forgot about this but a crazy experience in that show is um I worked with the dialect coach Kate Wilson on the audience for my British accent Mm -hmm. and she had kind of worked on the crucible just for some dialect stuff with people and also just to make sure their voices were healthy because you know it was a very like screaming heavy play and other stuff and so I knew her already and she had taught me a specific warm-up that we did Sadie and I did every night before and so we started doing it for the crucible and it gets time for, like, you know, opening and things like that. And she's like, Elizabeth, do you just, like, want to keep, like, will you just keep leading warm-up? And I was like, are you kidding? Like, I'm 14. Uh-uh. She's like, you know it. You've done it for, like, a year. So every night, I would warm up basically the entire company.
1: That's and awesome.
2: Me and that's, I mean, wild that they would, you know, let me do it. That's it became so-, so sort of, like, a joyous moment because we never all got to see each other. We were always on stages at diff- the stage at different times. And, um. It was just a depressing show. So getting to to meet everyone at the beginning and you know, go through a whole warm up routine that was just lighthearted and fun, led by this really young teenager. I mean, I hopefully you know lightened the mood a bit.
0: Yeah, no, that was like a moment for the for everyone to come together.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Have
0: a wholesome you know, yeah, just, you know, connect and, yeah. and laugh
1: and have fun. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohoo, a hand clapper, or a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait, start having the most fun ever at Chumba That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
3: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office.
0: Secret Life of Bees. It was. uh, Was it. Was it also developmental when you did it?
2: So yes. Okay. So I don't know if people know, but Sydney and I have like cross paths through this too. Sort of. Sydney did like an early. You did like an early workshop of it, right? Like. Yeah, I think I did it right before you did it. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I remember I was asked to audition maybe for one of the earlier parts of it, but I was. I was going to Peru that summer with my brother on a certain trip and I'm always a big fan of like everything happens for a reason like you were totally meant to like you know everyone who does a certain role is meant to do it at a certain time I completely
0: that's like my motto that's my life motto
2: yeah like if we're if someone were to get the role after me or like have it move on I'm like you know what like okay cool like it's theirs now exactly you know uh, yeah totally and it's like I. So and so was meant to do it then and now. I think it's so cool getting to be like we both played that role in probably totally different ways, which I think is awesome. High
0: five! High five!
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was it was the first um like stage
0: mount production. Did during rehearsals were there a lot of changes? Yes. For, For those who for those who don't know, like explain a day in the life of rehearsals.
2: Since this was my first experience with like a brand new show that was being mounted. And also I'm an, I'm like a book nerd, so I love the book. So the fact that like a book that I loved was getting turned into a musical was just, you know, I was over the moon about that. Mm-hmm. Basically with a new musical is they're rewriting everything every day. So we would come in and they would hand us, here are your new pages for today. You know, we would have to check like the mailbox because as you know, probably with Fun Home and everything, like everything's changing every day. Mm-hmm. They had scenes cut, songs cut. There was a song I had that I sang one night and then it was gone the next, <laughs> like certain things like that. But the, I mean, the craziest thing was with me was um, when I had done my other shows in New York in the past, like The Crucible and Audience, I was in middle school. So it was a lot less like school strict because I was sort of unenrolled and homeschooled. But I was a junior in high school doing The Secret of the Bees. So it was like the end of my junior year. Ooh. So I opted out of tutoring because I said, you know, I, I want to stay like with my high school. And also I just want to be in the room as much as I can because it was just a role that sort of needed to be there. I had classmates and teachers like sending me notes and schoolwork, so I'd like go to rehearsal from like ten to six, and then I'd go home and do my homework. Oh my gosh, (laughs) which was like sort of rough. Like it's just with like testing happening, and it's like I remember it was like academically really hard finding the motivation to like do these notes that I was like I don't know if my teachers are even gonna see these, whatever. So I had to take finals during previews. Like I had to like go and take a final and then go and rehearse and then we'd have a preview. Um, I remember I had like a a breakdown one night. I'm a pretty chill person. Like I was like, everything's fine. Like I really just, I feel like with stress, I was like, if I don't think about it too much and I just say everything's going to be fine, it'll be fine. But um, it was like our second day of previews you know those certain assignments that you just really want to be done with? You're just like, I'm so done with this. It was like a research paper or something. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I did it. I done submitted. I made the mistake on a break. I checked my phone and this was like the second day preview. So we were changing a lot. And I checked my phone and I had this email from my teacher that was like, basically I'd like cited everything wrong and I needed to go back and fix things. It ended up being fine. Like it wasn't a huge thing, but in the moment when you think you're done with something and you're like, I'm just so done. And then getting this email that was like, you're not, you did it wrong. And I was like, stay calm, stay calm. And I like went back to the dressing room and I, I was crying. And I was like, oh no. It's fine, it's fine. That was my only sort of like moment where i was like oh my gosh if you know the story at all it's these wonderful black women in the in the company who play the bowright sisters we all shared one big dressing room because we were at the atlantic which is like super small so they
1: literally all
2: came up and were just like mothers like it's okay like cry it out like it's okay adding my back and being really sweet that was like sort of the only time i i felt like way under pressure and (laughs) sam gold like came up to me and, and he was just very sort of like he didn't he felt you could tell he felt like a little awkward and like like yeah he's like I don't know what to do like what I, I came back to my break and obviously they told him that I, I just needed a minute and I was like you know ready to go like I took my five minutes I'm like I'm good I came back and um, he's like is it like the new scenes like is that too stressful and I was like no it's just school and he goes do you want me to call your teachers and I was like oh. no but just the image in my mind of Sam Gold calling my teachers is a little funny. Like about, I don't know what he would say. <laughs> my teachers would be like, Who is this? <laughs> we all have those time zone break. Yeah. I, I give myself props for like keeping it together during a, a stressful
0: time. Yeah. Seriously, and were you by your were you by yourself at this
2: time? I was staying at the same place oh that I did God. for the Crucible, which is crazy. It was, you know, years later and we had sort of kept in touch and I said, like, is there any way that I could stay there again? of course they were like, yes, you can come here.
3: Oh my god!
2: And it worked out because it was like their last like year, like staying in that apartment because they were moving. So like, you know, I was turning 18, like I was 17 doing the show. So it's like, I was turning 18 in the fall. And so the next time I knew that I was probably going to be going for a project, I was going to be you know, looking for my own place to sublet, or like, you know, being in college and like officially being there on my own. So it was kind of an end of a chapter to, to stay there. But um, then my family came came out in the summer to see the show, and we all sort of made a, a family trip out of it. But yeah, that was another another time alone that I would go back and have to do my schoolwork. <laughs> Thank oh God for my loving classmates and friends who um, like my best friend would just send me pictures of notes and, you know, a lot of my friends from school were not in theater really it was hard for them to know, but they were just so supportive. Like, yeah, let me send you whatever. It's it's fine. And my teachers knew me by wow. that point, um, since it was later in the semester. So they understood that, uh, that I wasn't, if I couldn't turn something in, it wasn't because I was just, you know,
0: slacking on <laughs> <laughs> Right. Exactly. Like, you're you're a lead of this show. They're, they're, I'm I'm sure oh, they gosh. realized they had to cut you a little bit. Slack. Yeah, they took
2: out the busy work. They took out the busy work and let me um. They let me just sort of do the bigger projects, which is I was grateful for. But
0: that's so much to handle though. And you were what? You were seventeen. Seventeen, yeah. Oh my In, gosh, 17. that's a lot. Your birth. wasn't your birthday the same day that Joe Biden um, the day got elected? before. The day oh,
2: before. My November sixth, so like honestly, it was crazy because we were just staring at the TV the whole time.
0: Oh, your birthday is November sixth. November sixth,
2: yeah. So it was like election day. Remember that um, forever now. November seventh was like when he officially was elected, but I just remember that was like a stressful, you know, obviously stressful time. But my yeah. best, one of my best friends, his birthday um is the day after mine, and so we kind of both were like, "What a great birthday present! Like this is all we wanted." <laughs> I was like, "This is all I want for my birthday." Yeah, it's so funny. Time is so weird to me right now. Like, I was like, wait, I thought I just saw you posting about your birthday. And I was like, that was in July. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how long has it been? (laughs) I've been at home this semester, so everything's a bit blurred. I was actually in New York when everything shut down because I graduated in December and I was up for like a gap semester. I actually just started rehearsing for something that never got announced and could never be said because everything shut down. But it was like three days in rehearsals and just like, bam, everything shut down. Oh, everything. No. Um, yeah. And so I was like, do I go in tomorrow? Like, what's happening? And I was subletting a place and staying with roommates. And I remember just like, I don't know if you guys were in the city then, but like, it was so freaky. Yeah. It was weird. Like, apocalyptic. Everyone was running to the grocery store. It I remember,
0: was, yeah.
2: Uh, I remember calling my mom on Saturday and I was like, I think I need to come home. Good thing I did because everything like, everything really
0: shut down.
3: Right. But it was just
0: yeah. wild. Remember remember when we went to I think it was at Telsey When we like ran into each other At that one audition When was that? That was right before the shutdown That was right before the, the shutdown. shutdown
2: That's yeah. what I thought That's crazy That's literally crazy Sydney and I probably saw each other Like last Like the day
0: before everything shut down Because I had just sort of Oh my god, it was the day before It was like actually yeah. the actual, like, I think it was the day of Or maybe it was too, it was very soon I remember with
2: that audition, I had just heard back from, like, the, the the thing that I got That was, like, supposed to start rehearsing really soon And so I was like, oh gosh, I have to, you know, go in and learn these lines I was sort of stressed and just, I feel like I did terrible at that audition But um, I remember seeing you in the waiting room and we just chatted for, like, a minute. We were like, you you talked about just, like, school and stuff like that And it was really chill then literally the day after everything shut down.
0: I was just thinking about that when, I don't know if this was in our, the, the podcast where we're having our technical difficulties or this one, but when, when you brought up the fact, oh, maybe, no, it was this one. We we're talking about Mary mm-hmm. Poppins auditions and how yeah. auditions are so different now, now that we're um, ad- like adults, I guess. Adults, yeah. Um, but I was thinking about that specific audition when I went in, I just remember, this is, it's gonna sound weird but I just remember the the casting the person who was manning the camera mm-hmm. how she just was so comfortable cursing chill. and and yeah super chill and just yeah and I don't know I don't know why like I remember thinking in that moment like okay this is the moment I turned an adult because <laughs> yeah. this person is now completely fine so chill. Was cursing in front of me. yeah I don't know why but, so I was That's so I, was funny. I about, feel
2: like I listened to one of your recent podcasts or I, like I turned it on or something I feel like I remember you mentioning something like that yeah and, um, I remember you saying like I think it was the audition right before I shut down and I remember actually thinking I think I was there yeah <laughs> I, think I was there but it's definitely it definitely is different like now that because we're like older now you know 17 18 yeah. 19 um I remember now it's 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 nice to be officially an adult legally just for like reasons like so many I've gotten so many more random auditions that are like 18 plus only like they only want you know oh, nice they only want people that are like not in school or like you know things like that
3: right. but I
2: think you were saying it feels a lot more chill and I totally feel that. I feel like as a kid you walk in sometimes and it's like this huge group of people and everyone's very you know care you want to sing your song now you know it's very just you know yeah. especially at Telsey, we've probably been there a lot like I feel like now that we're so older much. they're just like hey you know yeah. it's nice to see hey, guys I feel like when people get nervous and they forget is like casting directors and like directors want you to succeed you know what I mean like yeah. they want you to come in the room and they want to be like oh that's the person I want to hire like they're never pitting against you um I try to remind myself if I get if I get nervous I'm like you know what they want me to do well like I'm not walking in and they're not like I hope she yeah. fails <laughs> like, you know what I mean very true so I'm just like, whatever happens, just happens, you know, <laughs> we've probably all been there.
3: We we haven't really talked about it much on the podcast, so I figured you would be fun to talk to talk about it with. You're someone that has done, like, two musicals and, like, two plays. So I just wanted to hear, like, from your opinion, uh, what the biggest difference is between the two. Like, do you notice a difference in the audience? Do you know a difference in... Uh, your preparation, and like what you need to do to prepare, and auditions and et cetera.
2: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. The audiences are definitely very different, mm-hmm. especially for plays like the Audience and the Crucible, um, that are a lot more intellectually based. Like it's um the audience was very like political and and the crucible wasn't a way, too, because it was sort of this old text. And so we get a lot more older people coming in. We get a lot more uh, serious people coming in. And so sure. it, it definitely can be hard sometimes to find that energy, I think, because with musicals, at least there's like a bit of a feedback of like, you know, applause of a song or like, you know, laughs or if there are jokes involved. Um, but with more serious plays, sometimes it's hard when you don't get that. Um, and we all, I, I feel like there's a difference between them. Um, Okay, the audience is bored and sleepy, kind of tired, or they're like intently listening, kind of tired, or not not tired, but like intently listening, <laughs> kind of silent. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you can tell when they're like drawn and focused. And then there are some nights where you're like, are they paying attention? Like, are they just sleeping? I really don't know. Are the stage doors different too? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I haven't had any crazy experiences because the shows I've done are like were not super like super commercial, even with the audience. It was pretty respectful in terms of like uh people coming for helen people were very respectful people were very quiet um it wasn't like this crazy rush a lot of people didn't recognize me because i was in a wig so i kind of oh, just yeah. like stood out and i'm like oh cool <laughs> obviously there were, it was a bit bigger for like uh the crucible with, with fans of like sarsha and people like that but yeah, I mean, at least what I've seen in going to different musicals, like sometimes the musical stage drawers are just crazy and just yeah. very wild. But also the energy of the show is very bright and like has that energy. And right. um, people walking out of the crucible are a bit like, oh, what did I just <laughs> <watch?"> <laughs> Everyone just died. Like, what did I just watch? Right. But I feel I feel really lucky to have gotten them um, kind of experience in both. And um, over, over quarantine, I've actually done them. Um, I've done a few like radio plays and things for the Tennessee Williams Festival mm. here in St. Louis, and gotten to do like the, the Glass Menagerie, which is hopefully going to be put on live like this later this summer if we have vaccines and everything safe. I mm. really enjoy doing plays. I love singing, dancing, and acting, but I consider acting m- my favorite in terms of like. If ever I feel self-conscious about my voice or dancing, I'm like, okay, lead with thought, lead with intention, lead with acting. Mm-hmm. That's where I feel most comfortable. So I think I try to approach uh musicals in a similar way, but it's been really cool. I, I really I re- really would love to do more more plays. I also just love I love to sing. Like I love musicals. Right. I love that energy. And, yeah. like, dancing,
3: too. Like, you have that Yeah,
2: aspect. I really look to be in a show where I get to dance more because I haven't really gotten to do that, and I love to dance. Um, and in
3: terms of, like, preparations, like, what, what did you have to do, like, differently for the plays and musicals? Obviously, like, you may not have to, like, warm up your singing voice, but you may have to warm right. up, like, your talking voice, like, stuff like that.
2: Well, for The Crucible and the audience, I did, like, sort of a whole vocal sort of warm-up like that. But I remember... Well, Mary Poppins was just a whole different thing in itself yeah. because they had a very specific, they would like take the kids down and warm them up with the conductor right. to be like, are you okay today? Can you sing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, are you sick or whatever? But I remember Secret Life of the Bees was sort of the first show that I had done, bigger, longer longer running show where I was like, okay, I'm on stage for a really long time and I'm mm-hmm. uh, singing a lot and just energy-wise had to be focused and like Sydney knows it's sort of like a depressing beginning like she sort of just the character really starts in a bad place and like it yeah. takes a bit for her to it's warm up it's
0: it's it's a lot it's very it it can be it can be emotionally draining at times yeah and i remember um,
2: did you do the reading with? You did the reading with Brett, correct? Yeah, I did it with Brett. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if Oh my is. gosh, I love him. I love him too. He's just a trip and so fun and talented. But, um, I don't know if the number was still in there Like the 55 Fairlane car Do you remember yep. that,
0: mm-hmm. um, so
2: oh, like, that was I, I was I always that looking car. forward to that I was like okay once she gets there She actually smiles and is having a good time like, <laughs> that was I always look forward to Yes Because you're like oh my yes. god having some fun Like, Stop uh-huh. like get over yourself So before the Secret Life of Bees, I would make sure to, I would go on stage I would like warm up my voice a bit I would do jumping jacks with some of the cast members for fun And then we'd have fight call And then I always had a weird ritual of like, we had this little staircase and I would go and shut the door and I'd sit in the staircase for like a minute and just sort of like breathe or whatever, like get sort of in the headspace. And then all of us just held hands backstage before we all like had a circle and just like um, Nate, one of our, one of the ensemble members who played Neil. Yeah. Just the biggest spirit, biggest heart, sort of like preacher-like quality in his, his speaking would just give us the most, you know, inspiring Speech before, and we'd all, you know, say one thing. I don't know. Sometimes we'd say one thing we were grateful about, or whatever. Or if somebody was having a hard time or struggling with a family member, we'd be like, This is for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and just all connect before we went on stage. And that was sort of, you know, I, I sang a lot, but in terms of like it sort of fit right in my vocal register, I was lucky with that. So I feel like, um, uh, I'd have to warm up a lot more if it was like extreme, like extreme heights. Yeah. Very folky music, you know, Duncan. Yeah. She, so it wasn't anything super crazy, uh, like belt pop, like crazy heavy. But we mm-hmm. didn't have understudies. That was sort of the other thing that was a little scary. Oh, you didn't. We didn't. That's um,
0: ooh, that's we scary. A little um,
2: We only had a, I think, one show maybe where we had to cancel because someone was not feeling oh, well. Wow. But I, uh, oh, yeah, I think the rule is like you have to be. Um, 10 weeks long or something in order to have understudies. so we like just extended to that mark so we oh. got like a few rehearsal but like I don't even think if they'd be able to go on because of like rules and things but um definitely right, to make sure we like took care of ourselves because yeah. you know that's the worst feeling is like oh gosh I'm not feeling well or you know something happened to my voice or whatever and like the whole show has to be canceled you know mm-hmm. you already yeah. feel like oh man my understudy has to go on obviously it's a great opportunity for them yeah. but um uh You always want to be able to show up and do your best, especially being like, oh, the show is
0: on the line. Okay. yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) For anyone, for any, let's say there's a kid out there listening to this who wants to be a child actor, um, a theater actor, I guess, specifically. In your opinion, what is the easiest thing about being a child actor and what is the hardest thing about being a child actor? Just so they are aware. I think the
2: easiest thing is if it's coming from a place of, pure joy and wanting to do it. Um I think sometimes what can happen is if you're doing it for too long and if like if you forget why you're doing it. You know what I mean? And that's just important yeah. not to forget because I feel like I will never I will never try at least try not to forget what it felt like when I was 10 doing Mary Poppins and just the sheer joy and magic and like amazement of it all. And I feel like that should we should try to never let that go away. So I think the easiest part is just Feel lucky and enjoy it and savor every single second. Um, I guess the hardest part is um, trying to stay grounded. Do you know what mm. I mean? Don't let it go right. to your head, let it go to your ego. Um, find other things to talk about with kids, you know, find other friends. Still, I, I feel grateful because my parents never, uh, I guess as a kid, I didn't really audition too much thinking about it. Like I did Mary Poppins, but I kind of wasn't on to one to the next to the next to the next, which I think is really important as a kid, too. You want to have your downtime i was very like big on downtime like i know there was like the broadway park and things like that and there's a great community of broadway kids but i was definitely more of an introvert and like i know that i needed my like reset time and so i know that for me personally it's okay to say no to going to dinner with your friends between shows mm-hmm. it's okay to say no if you want to skip out on the park because you want to be with your family you know i was really big into family i was really big into resting and like doing my own thing and so like that's okay too. Don't feel pressured to, um, fit in a certain mold. Like just be, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna try to compare yourself and try to be in a certain group, but like, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's unbelievably cliche, but just walk in the room and like, have a good time and be yourself. <laughs> be yourself.
3: I love I love yeah.
2: that. I mean, it's, it's so much. No cliche. Much. Yeah. Yes.
0: Be yourself and have fun. Just enjoy it. <laughs> You're the best. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. You. Been I love so talking to you guys.
2: You are incredible. Um, <laughs> you. I'm sorry you. if I went on too many rants about, you know, people like Helen. Not but, at all. They were I
3: amazing. Was, <laughs> I, I love those stories.
2: dealing with my technical difficulties. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sydney, like both of you, I really hope like we get to like do something together. I think it'll be so, I loved oh, doing that, that, that reading with fun. you, Sydney. Like that was so much fun. I know it was only a that day. was really but, fun. But, like, I hope we all get to, you know, if not work together, just hang out. Yeah, <laughs> once totally. Once yeah. my fingers. Yes, once everything is better. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you know? yes. yeah for sure. Soon, well,
2: we're on the other side.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And we had a blast today. So we cool. appreciate you and your time.
2: Thank you so much.
3: Take a bow, Elizabeth Teeter. Woo! That was a blast. I mean, yeah. literally what she had to say about... Helen Mirren like that whole that whole spiel was everything like and you could tell just like what she was saying the tone of her voice everything how much gratitude and just love she has for her and admiration uh, and everything like that so that was really cool to listen Um, I also thought another fascinating thing that she talked about was the difference in the audience between plays and musicals. I I guess I, like, never really thought about that until, like, doing research for the episode. Also, speaking of plays, I didn't get to see The Crucible because it was during Finding Neverland. Mm -hmm. But after researching... The show that looked so cool, and I was literally like dying to hear about it. And then like she talked about like being possessed and everything, like that was super cool to me too. I don't know, I'm rambling. (laughs) I thought it was fun. She had a lot of great points that she talked about. So thank you, Elizabeth, for coming on. What are your thoughts?
0: Oh yeah, (laughs) it was it was a blast, and um and like you said in the intro, it it truly is it truly was a an amazing episode for you know child actors or people who you know want to you know know what it's like to be a child actor especially in the theater industry and you know your family having to make sacrifices and sometimes you having to grow up a lot quicker than you normally would in order to pursue your dreams and so I thought that was just perfect had that she talked all about that kind of stuff and you know her pretty much growing up in the business and like in secret life of bees and when she was you know 17 and and she was pretty much you know on her own it was junior year of high school all that kind of stuff how she managed that at such a young age and the kind of stuff that is required for uh, child actors especially in the theater industry so thank you so much elizabeth
3: wait just to piggyback off of what you said i thought another cool thing like as far as like being a child actor really showed she really showed the sacrifices that are made not only as like a family member but also for you like yeah. d- who is acting. Obviously, yeah. you are the reason your family get, has to sacrifice, but it it's like a whole family like it takes literally. Takes a village. Yeah, really <laughs> so much. it was just really cool to hear her story and how that all worked out for her. And it was really cool also to hear all of your guys's full story moments that you all that you shared. I know, I, I don't know that I crazy. Love that. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, it was fun to talk to her and have her on. Should we turn it over and make a little bit of an announcement? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We kind of left them in suspicion, just waiting. <laughs>
0: okay yes so we have an announcement to make on drum roll please drum roll please about a change that is coming to take about podcast and that announcement is
3: is that my cue (laughs) sorry
0: (laughs) i am going to be transitioning away from doing take about weekly This doesn't mean that I won't probably come back in the future to be, you know, to do the occasional episode as a host or, or stuff like that. But I will no longer be here weekly as, as, you know, co-host, but... Eli will continue to do the podcast every single week and so you still get content every Thursday and it's gonna be awesome and you are most likely gonna see me back occasionally and yeah I just wanted to say thank you so much Eli for taking me along for this ride this has been quite the
3: year oh my god don't even (laughs) don't even thank you I mean this take about what it is today as we all know it would definitely not be the same without you and who knows what it's gonna (laughs) look like moving forward um so I'm very excited to see I'm, how it all works out.
0: I'm so excited to see where the podcast goes from now, and you know, watch and and to see it grow and and to see you know the content with you or whoever you may decide to bring on. Uh, currently, Eli, you're gonna you're planning on doing it by yourself for a little bit, right?
3: Yeah, so I guess the plan for now is I will be taking over. Uh, and it'll be myself and a guest um, that you'll be listening to every Thursday. I may be on the search in the future to get another co-host.
0: Yeah, that you can, that you can talk to. Do these, like, intros. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so
3: I definitely want someone that not only, like, to talk to during these episodes, because obviously we do that in the interview, but I love these little segments that we do in the intro and outro, um, where it's just you get to connect with someone else and your friend and talk about, like, things broadway and like look back on the interview and everything like that so if i do end up missing those because obviously just by myself the footprint or the blueprint of the show uh is gonna have to change a little bit but i'm gonna figure it out and if I miss having that extra person, I'll definitely be reaching out and maybe get on another co-host. But we'll definitely keep you guys updated on all of that.
0: Yeah, Take a Bow is still going to be a thing. Take a podcast is still going to be a thing. Yeah. And this doesn't mean—this doesn't this isn't, like, a full goodbye for me. Like I said, don't be surprised if you see me going forward in in episodes or hear me. Totally,
3: yeah. And we'll make sure—if you follow along to our Instagram, you know, you can—you'll see all of those little updates before um, we— the air the episodes we'll give updates as far as the co-host and if sydney is back this week or whatever um, whatever it may be we'll definitely give up updates there but the most important thing is that take a bow as a whole will be continuing and i just want to continue to bring entertainment to you, you all so you you still have something to look forward to on Thursdays. So yeah. we're very excited.
0: Yes, Eli. Oh God.
3: <laughs> Pressure's on, baby. Take no. Out, Eli. <laughs> oh God. No. Thank you, Sydney. Take a bow. <laughs> you need to take a bow. Um we'll we'll do it in your curtain call and your final performance, uh, which is actually going to be next week. So, yeah, so we didn't want to spring it on to next week, but just an update. This is Sid's second to last episode, and her to last episode will be next week, and I will take over starting in February. Yeah. So just quickly, obviously, yesterday was a great day with uh, Inauguration Day, and it's really cool. Sydney and I are currently recording on Wednesday, uh, January 20th, on Inauguration Day. And it's really cool because the Broadway community is actually going to be represented because Jagged Little Pill is performing for for Inauguration Day. Whoa! Yes, and Cindy's dear friend Lauren Patton uh, will be performing. So yes. yes, so so it's great to see the Broadway community being represented on such a high stage, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. like Inauguration Day, and this is no regular Inauguration Day, so it's even cooler. Yeah. And another th- quick thing I wanted to mention, everyone knows Billie Eilish, correct? Of course. Okay, do you know Phineas? Mm-hmm. So he writes all of the songs for Billy, and he's now starting to like sing his own songs and all and write that and continuing to write for Billy. But he actually released a song called What They'll Say About Us, and it's actually about Nick Cordero and Amanda Klutz and Elvis. Whoa. And it's in the perspective, it's about like the journey of someone like losing someone, but this was particularly like he what inspired him was Nick and Amanda's story oh my and she he wrote it from Amanda's perspective it is wow. absolutely beautiful it's called what they'll say about us and and when he was writing it um he spent a lot of time with Amanda and Elvis and just hearing her and eventually he just came out with this beautiful song and his last couple his last line of the whole song is I wish you could see him. Oh he gosh. looks just like you. Wow. Referring to Elvis, his son, um, who he only knew for about nine months. I could be wrong. But yeah, it, it's it's just you listen to the song and it just like hits you in all the places. It's amazing. And okay. I just had to share that with you all to go listen to that. It's called What They'll Say About Us. You can listen to it anywhere.
0: Just wow. search it.
3: Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. I, I she posted about it on her Instagram, and I, I had to check it out, and I fell in love with the song. So yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you all will. So definitely go check it out. Well, that about does it for this week's episode. So we wanted to thank you all for listening to another episode, and we look forward to bringing you another one next week. And it unfortunately will be Sydney's last episode, and I, I don't know. It's so sad. Um, and it's so crazy that it's like next week like what yeah um week, anyways
0: right? after 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 when did we when oh my gosh wait a- hold on
3: almost a full year it's been 10 mu- uh not 10. Eli it's, I
0: think the first I time you ever ten. I think the first time you ever asked me about this
3: was in March
0: wait no it no. was January 28th
3: wait why do you know that that's crazy oh my god wait that's the exactly
0: last... that's the exact oh, day oh my of my god. last episode
3: stop it
0: Oh my That's gosh! Wait, crazy. guys, you guys, wait. January twenty eighth, um, at at like three p.m. Eli texts Eli, uh, Eli. Uh, well, I swiped up on one of his Snapchats, um, one of his stories. Uh, he was he was like saying something. I sure we talked about this before, but he was saying something like weirdly cryptic, and I was like, "What's going on?" Like he he was like, "Things are things are happening. Things are, you know, in the works. Things are happening," and I was like, "What's happening?" And he was like, "No, I can't tell you." And so finally I got him to tell me and he was like, I'm going to be starting a podcast. And I'm like, no way you should like have me on or something. I I love podcasts. And then
3: sure enough, she didn't know what she was getting her herself into.
0: (laughs) And then, and then he was like, wait, hold on. And then 20 minutes later he was like, can I call you? And so he calls me. He asked me if I want to, if I want to be co-host with him on the podcast I say yes, that was January 28th, and my very last episode will be January 28th. A- a That's exact year wild. Later. That is the craziest thing. Oh, my gosh.
3: It's been It's been quite a year. Quite and a thank year. you wow. all for listening be- and allowing us to continue this for a full year. Uh, we, that By the way, that year is not when we started to release episode that's when we like started to get the idea and everything yeah. and started to work things out our first episode I don't think came out I until th- May
0: yeah I think May
3: so yay oh my in god May. a whole year wow. a year anniversary that's we a will whole
0: be... full circle
3: yes and we will be saying happy trails in honor of our one year anniversary Sydney
0: Aww. Not forever um, though, not forever.
3: Not forever.
0: Okay, so thank you so much Elizabeth for coming on. We had such a blast this episode and thank you everyone for listening and thank you so much for being a part of this journey so far and um we both can't wait to just expand the audience and expand this take about family and we will see you next week. <laughs> Sick beat, am I right?
3: For our curtain call, we wanted to give a few special thank yous to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Colanon for our amazing music, Giselle Bustos for designing our logo, and Tessie Tokash and Sidney Lucas for editing our episodes.
0: Feel free to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are currently listening to us from. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and Katie Rosen at the Broadway Podcast Network, as well as our top patrons, Henry Friedman, Brian Thompson, PCC, and Patrick McNamara.
3: Speaking of, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Take a Bow, go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com TAB and become a patron today. Through our Patreon, you will form a relationship with us and get an inside look on what goes into this podcast.
0: To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash Take and follow us on Instagram at Take Podcast, where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions or questions and keep up with all things Take A Bow.
3: See you next week. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone.